The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And five minutes after 11 o'clock here at Pinpoint Health Show, we are ready to rock. We hope you are as well. 416-870-6400. You have questions about uh, your health, some concerns, maybe calling for yourself or on behalf of a friend or a family member. Don't hold back. Dr. Lou is here to get those questions answered and send you down the uh, the right road. Again, 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And anytime you want to call Dr. Lou uh, outside of the hour of the show, one 855 doctor Lou. D R L O U and the Lou Down is the long form podcast which we're uh, we're loving. So uh, you want to check that out at your leisure as well. Good morning, pal. How are you? Staying cool? Hey, John. Good morning. I am staying cool. I'm in my basement, which is my new place for doing this radio show until totally. we get back in the studio. And basements are always nice and cold. Yep. Uh, but it's been beautiful outside. I mean, I, I think it's great, right? Especially we we've sort of over the last few weeks talked about the importance of just moving around, being healthy, the vitamin D, um, especially in these times with COVID-19, doing as much as is humanly possible to boost your immune system, to make yourself stronger. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that there's no susceptibility, right? This is not me trying to make a claim that if you do these simple things, you'll never get COVID. That's not what this is about. It's really about just doing things to mitigate the risk as much as is possible um, and as much as we can all do for ourselves. And I do think, again, there has to be some personal uh, responsibility that mm-hmm. falls onto everybody to do their best to, to keep active. I've seen you on uh, on your Instagram posting your 100-kilometer bike rides, 111-kilometer bike rides. Yeah. Um, you're doing as much as you can to stay healthy, get out there. And, I mean, there's good evidence, good scientific evidence to show that this virus does not do well. Um, outside the sun, the UV radiation seems to kill it. So it's potentially the safest place for all of us to be. And I think the weather's been spectacular this year so far this summer. Um, so there's really no excuse to not to not be out and about and, and, and you know, doing things, moving around and, and trying to stay as healthy as possible within social distancing guidelines, of course. Yeah, I think, and you know, like you said, I'm getting out on the bike as much as I can because unfortunately the gym is still closed. So when I'm out on the bike, you see a lot of people over the course of five hours riding. And, and generally, you know, I see maybe it's a Canadian thing. We're just a little more, a little more tempered, a little more, uh, you know, straight ahead and got our, our, our focus a little better. Can't say that for anything south of the border, what's going on. But I mean, generally, as, as I'm riding around for the whole day, people are generally staying away. And if they're sitting in parks, they got some distance between their, their setups. So I think it's, it's pretty good. And the caseload, I think, that's coming out each day, I think is 121 this morning. I mean, it, it's, it's still yeah. there, but it's going down. But I think we're doing all the right things, right? It's going down, right? And I mean, everything, every number you have to, you have to think in proportion to a population. I mean, when you look at Ontario, that has a population of what, 15 million, 16 million. I'm not even, sure the exact number but i know it's up there i mean it's it's a small fraction so i think we've done a great job we're continuing to do a great job i've heard some like i was hearing a news report up in wasega beach where the beaches were crowded the mayor yep. there wasn't all that happy so i get it again it, i think this comes back down to individuals like i don't think we need the government to my, my opinion is is i don't think i that we need the government to step in at this point i think people should know that this was a real virus it is still a real virus we definitely want to prevent any resurgence of it and so the more that you can do as an individual between you and your family to keep distance be safe don't go to crowded areas i, I just it doesn't matter that the numbers are low it's just silly right at the end of the day again you're just doing things to increase 
the risk. I've seen people in the last few weeks where I've been into more um, meetings and things like that for work and people are sort of breaking like those social norms of not shaking hands and these things like these are all simple things that I think we can just keep doing you know wear yeah. a mask I, I was at a meeting yesterday it was a business meeting it wasn't healthcare related I was wearing a mask the other person was wearing a mask we were sitting in, the, in an office I think that's just the right thing to do right now um, I think it's going to do a lot to prevent any resurgence because that that is really the problem at this point right it's is a potential second wave if that happens hopefully it doesn't but i think if again if, if all of us start to become lax with this i mean we all have to remember although we think the numbers are low it started with one right and, yeah. and it became that so so when you've got a, still 120 plus the people who haven't yet recovered these are big numbers that can definitely um spike and i mean we've seen it in the states you sort of made a comment there uh speaking oh, yeah. about the, the u.s like there's a resurgence happening there because a lot of the social distancing that hasn't been followed. And, you know, one of the things that I have to say, I, you know, I'm pretty disappointed in the media um, in terms of obviously the protesting, which I, I'm fine with the protesting, but to pretend like that didn't have an effect on this yeah. is crazy. And, and I think yeah. that silencing around these things and the partisan type of media that we see coming out of the States, it's a very, very dangerous thing. And I think, you know, in Canada, we're somewhat lucky to, to to be in a different type of space in terms of our outlook and the things that we do. I think it's a scary thing what's happening um, with with the, the silencing, the partisan media that you see there. You watch one station, you have one story, you watch another station, it's mm -hmm. a totally different story. I think that's crazy. Um, but, you know, this isn't a political show. But like every show, the best part about this is taking calls. So anybody listening, any help related questions specifically things to do with pain and injury that's what i'm here for today bring it on we're ready to go if you are 416-870-6400 pinpoint health show global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto it is 11.15, just getting warmed up here. You have uh, some issues you want to talk about uh, for yourself or otherwise. Uh, pain concerns, bring it on. 416-870-6400. Had a ton of calls last week and some really interesting stuff. This is a live call-in show, of course, here, the Pinpoint Health Show, 416-870-6400. So uh, what's been happening in your office this week, pal? Yeah, I mean, so things are definitely starting to get back to more normal in terms of people are coming in for their care. Um, which is a great thing to see. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot at the clinic level. This isn't just speaking of me, but the, the entire staff at the Pinpoint Health Clinics. Um, we've been doing a lot in terms of safety, in terms of sanitization, screening, taking temperatures, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I think, we, you know, we've, we've really tried to follow up with people just to see um, if they feel safe, we want to make sure that uh, we're taking taking into consideration. Fine, we think we're doing enough, but do the people, the patients that are coming in, feel like we're doing enough? And overwhelmingly, the answer is yes. Uh, people have, have been really, really uh, impressed with the extent that we've gone to um, to limit. Like we're limited, right? We are. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like yep. we're not limited. We're limited, and we can't maybe see people as soon as we would once upon a time see people. Our clinics are very family-friendly clinics so a lot of times people were bringing maybe their kids or their husband and, and obviously we've we've shied away from that where we want just 
the patient to be coming in. Um, so there are some restrictions there that, that maybe make it not as, as easy as it would have been prior, but we're doing these things for safety. But overwhelmingly, um, I, I haven't heard any negative things. Um, and like one thing that I've always said, and I was actually very happy, I had a patient see me this week. I see there's some calls coming in and we'll get to them in a second, but I think this is an important story. I had a patient come in um, who's heard me on the radio, has seen me before for my assessment. I had recommended him to go to um, our clinic in Newmarket. Um, he came back to see me for another complaint. And when I, I followed up with him to say, you know, how was the experience in Newmarket? And he actually gave me some feedback where he wasn't happy. Um, there was something that happened, and I won't get into the specifics of it. It wasn't anything horrible, but he just sort of said, like, you know, I have to be honest that I, I wasn't really as happy as I as I would have been if if this didn't happen. And we took care of it. And, and he was like, listen, I, I don't want anybody to get in trouble. I was like, this isn't about getting in trouble. I, I work with my staff in a way on how can we always do better. And he brought something to our attention where it, he wasn't even mad. He still continued to go. He was just trying to give feedback. And and he really just said, like, you know, I'm just telling you this more because you've asked me, but I want to hear that. I want to hear these things. And I've even said on air, if anybody has anything, call me on air. You know, I, I have no problem uh, discussing these things publicly and, and seeing there's always a way for everybody to do better. We are not perfect. I am not perfect. And, and there's always a way that we can improve as long as we can have respectful dialogue. And that was the great thing about this, this patient is it was very respectful. This wasn't in a way where it was, you know, yelling at me or anything like that. No, it was, I, I asked the question. He gave me his feedback. I thought his feedback was important. I brought it up with the clinic and we've made um, the necessary changes so that that type of, uh, nice. of thing never happens again. And, I, and that's really what, what growth in business and in healthcare is all about. What, the only way we as, as practitioners can do better is through communications with patients. And I even say this, like when a lot of times people are getting treatment and it's like, hey, how are you feeling? A lot of people will just say, oh, I'm feeling better because they don't want to hurt a therapist you know feelings or anything like that that's not the right thing you you need to be as brutally honest it's not about emotion when you're dealing with your health it's about logic and, and we have to be logical and nobody's going to get offended to know what they could be doing better maybe they could reassess maybe there's a misunderstanding maybe maybe you're not understanding what the game plan is right like and this is where dialogue is so very important the number is 416-870-6400. I see Cindy there and Craig. Both of you guys hang on for just a second. We're going to take a quick break because it is that time, and we're going to come right back to your phone calls. Plenty of time for you as well, of course, a live call-in show, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show continues. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 11.22, back to another stellar Saturday morning here in the Pinpoint Health Show. You'll want to reach out, info at pinpointhealth.ca and one 855 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, and the Lou Down, L-O-U, the Lou Down, is the long-form podcast series, which is uh, gaining some real steam and some real good stuff to be uh, to be learned on that as well, so you can check that as well. But 416-870-6400, as promised, right to the phone call. Cindy, thank you so much for uh, for standing by. Good morning. How are you? I'm sorry, that was Sandy? Uh, uh, Sandy, okay, Hello. I have Cindy on my screen. Either way, no, you're in. What's okay. up? I can be Cindy. Um, <laughs> Done. The, the, I'm, I'm calling about the, um, the uh, was it the, the femoral nerve. Uh, femoral. 
femoral. Femoral. From yeah. that, the starts sort of around the back, goes around the hip, and then down into sort of the yeah. groin area. Yep. Um, I sort of diagnosed just during COVID, COVID that that's what that uh, might be. And then I did go to physiotherapy, and uh, that's what they had said. They thought it it was. So I've just gone once, and they've determined, sort of confirmed what I, I, I thought it might be. Right, uh, okay. What can you tell me about it? I do a lot of yoga and um, uh, a lot of working out, and sometimes it doesn't stop me from doing anything, but it can be very uncomfortable, and especially at night. Yeah, so I guess the first thing that I always say anytime someone brings up a nerve, uh, most people, when they speak about the leg symptoms, the more common one is the sciatic nerve, which goes down the back of the leg. The femoral nerve originates a little bit higher in the spine. Um, It comes down through the front um, in the anterior hip and then on the front of the leg. So it's just sort of the opposite. My, My first thing that I've always said, and I say it all the time on this radio show, anytime I have a question about this, is number one always about figuring out what is causing the nerve problem. When I hear someone say they've got nerve pain, like femoral nerve pain, that's fine for me, but to me that's analogous to someone saying I have a fever. My next question becomes, okay, well, what's causing that fever? And that's my question from when someone has this type of nerve pain. It's like, what's causing that nerve pain? Is it a problem with the nerve itself, like things like diabetes, for example, can start to uh, degrade the nerve and, and you can start getting symptoms, right? So you've got problems like that. Is there a problem with some of the muscles where the nerve passes through and, and it's putting pressure because of an, an area of entrapment is, is what we would refer to? That's another possibility. Is it something at the spinal level where, you know, something like a disc problem um, that's putting pressure on that nerve, creating those symptoms? Or is it something even higher within the central nervous system, like something within the spinal cord or the brain, which is very, very rare. But again, it's anytime a practitioner's job is to consider all potential options for what could be causing the complaint and, and knowing what. Now, out of all those things that I said, probably spinal level and entrapment is the most common thing that you would see. But that doesn't mean because it's the most common that that's what we should jump to. Uh, it means that any practitioner needs to do the right thing to really determine this. I'm assuming if you've seen a physio, they have an idea of what's causing the nerve pain. Have they said anything to you on that regard? Um, no, he just explained, uh, you know, sort of what, what it was and where it would right. originate from and that we decided that that's, you know. And actually on the day I went, of course, this is sometimes just Murphy's Law, it wasn't feeling too bad. Right, and then yeah. the next day it was it was bad. It never completely goes away. And yeah. I found on Monday I had to drive down to London and back. So I was sitting in the car for five and a half, six hours, and that right. made it so, much, so much that, worse. Yeah. Okay, so that, I mean, I can't diagnose anybody over the radio, but no. when you start saying those types of things to me that's sort of leading me towards an entrapment type of thing where mm-hmm. the you know being in a certain position because it does actually the nerve passes through um, the anterior part of the hip so obviously sitting um, you might be putting pressure on that and then you know all of a sudden so it seems mechanical like and I think it sounds like you're on the right track by seeing physio and getting therapy for it. Um, if you've only done one session, it's not enough, right? I would, oh, no. I would just, yes. yeah, I, I would follow through with the treatment plan I, I, and discuss the, the specifics of what I've suggested a little bit more with the okay. therapist on just, okay, well, what, where do you think this is? Do you think it's a muscular problem? Do you think this is at the spinal level? What do you think? And just sort of 
it's always important, you know, when people say, again, a femoral nerve problem, that to me is not a diagnosis. That's more of a sign. I'd want to know, well, what is the diagnosis? Is the diagnosis entrapment of a specific muscle? Is it a disc problem? And just sort of move towards that. If in a few weeks you're not feeling better, you want a second opinion, give me a call, um, 1-855-55-DR-LOU. Happy to, to have that. But it sounds like you're on the right track, so I would just continue with that. Is there anything I should not be doing? Like, I've had this since, um, I guess, it, I had an appointment depends, before it, COVID. Again, yeah, so it depends on the diagnosis, right? right. That, that's okay. the big thing. Your treatment, which includes the things you should do and the things you shouldn't do, is always predicated on what the problem what the is. And problem that's where is. it's difficult okay. for me to say, because I might tell you to not do something, which is what I would say for a disc problem, but not necessarily for a muscular problem. So that's where it's important to hone in on exactly what the issue is. Okay. No, that makes okay. total sense. So uh, okay, I will proceed with that. Thank you very much, doctor. No problem. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. Sandy, one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou, D R L O U again. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou would be the number. Going to move on to Craig here before. Yeah, we'll get Craig in here before a break. Thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? Oh, good. Good afternoon. What's good uh, What's afternoon. going on with you? I just wanted uh, uh, the doctor's opinion on a few days ago, the CDC released some information about they had been combining the antibody tests with the actual COVID tests. Uh, okay. It was one of the reasons the American numbers were so sky high. But I haven't heard any of the, other than a couple of tweets on it from CNN and The Atlantic and The Guardian, I haven't heard anything of it on the news. I don't know why that wouldn't have been important. Well, I sort of, I, I don't know either, um, but, you know, one of the things that I sort of said, and, and again, this isn't a political show, but definitely I have political opinions. I think when you look at the media in the States and what they've done to become so partisan, I don't actually think it's about reporting the news. I think it's about uh, pushing a political ideology or agenda. Uh, and that's a big problem because then that's where these types of things, which might be important to, to be heard, are not heard and vice versa. So, you know, again, I, I don't this is if you're interested in that type of conversation, go check out my podcast, The Lou Down on YouTube. This is the type of stuff we talk about. And there's more about that uh, on there and, and opinions. And again, these are my opinions, my guest opinions. Some of it is 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 obviously uh, research based. I try to have evidence based discussions, uh, but I can tell you again when you go when you look at sort of the the, the partisan media in the states, uh, a lot of things get um, uh, you know hidden or or and because it doesn't follow through with an ideology. But again, this isn't uh, this show is not for that. But I do appreciate the call. Check out the podcast and 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 thank you for the call. Thank you, thank, you, uh, thank you, Craig. Appreciate that. I'm going to let you go. Bob, I see you there. Stand by. We are getting to you next. Stand by, Bob. We'll get to you and you as well. Phone calls. Plenty of time here at uh, what, 1130, just about 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 1132 Pinpoint Health Show right here. Global News Radio 416-870-6400. We are live till the uh, the end of the hour for your phone calls. You have some health concerns. Bring it on. 416-870-6400. Want to reach out to Dr. Lou after the show. one 855 Dr. Lou. That's L-O-U. And you can go to info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. Bob, thank you so much for uh, 
standing by during the break. How are you this morning? Yeah, healthy as a horse. But Love my wife still wants to be euthanized. <laughs> nice. Similar. I Similar. I laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, thanks for the laugh. It's with the laugh, right? That's right. You got it. Anyways, my question is, uh, I've got an issue with a tenant in my elbow. Okay. And, well, obviously, due to this, I've been off work since uh, September of last year. Well, coronavirus on top. Yeah. Um, I'm a roofing laborer. I've always done hard physical labor, like horse farms and and roofing and, and that. Now, mm-hmm. prog- prognosis, because I read the ODSP forms, right. and my doctor said it would be at least a, a year or more, uh, obviously deteriorating, and the the pain and and uh, elbow hand go numb this it's frequent so now i finally on the 13th i've got an appointment to get the tendon checked out through a specialist um i'm just wondering because well due to the covid and Things are going to be so backed up. Probably won't be until a winter that I can get in, get it taken care of. Okay. What should I expect? And try try and find a job. I don't want to live on taxpayers' dime. Right. But trying to find a so job. Can I, can I ask you a couple doctor, questions? Just, sure. Okay, so number one, we, this tendon issue, is it on the, like, which, uh, in the elbow, on the outside or the inside of the elbow? Inside. Inside, okay. And um, you said this started back in, in September 2019. In terms yeah. of uh, it either being assessed, who's assessed it for you thus far? Yeah. Sorry, what's that? What, uh, who's assessed it so far? Like, have you you've seen your family doctor about it? Oh, we lost him. We lost him. He's got to call back. We had a bad connection. There you go. That's, that's okay. I could still talk. If, yeah. If, if yeah. Bob is still listening, I could sort of still talk about this. Um, so I guess, number one, what I would what I would want to know is, in terms of the tendon issue, number one, who's assessed and what have they said it is? What What is right. the problem? Most commonly in the elbow, we hear of uh, golfers and tennis elbow, which have those names because it's the common types of sports that cause it. But it's an epicondylitis, which just has to do with the tendon uh, being strained at the insertion points um, due to repetitive things, i.e. tennis, golf, work, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so number one, who's assessed it? Number two, what has been done for treatment? This is a it's a physical problem in the beginning of, of, of these types of issues. The most important thing you can do is a physical intervention, manual types of therapies, um, active release or manual release therapy, soft tissues like massage therapy, all of these things, different types of exercises in terms of stretching and strengthening, those are the biggest things um, and, and the most conservative measures. As those things maybe don't work, work which most of the time they, they often do, you'll get into um, potentially uh, injections and things like that to see if that might calm it down. Um, in more serious cases, there's a surgical approach, but the biggest thing is, is the more you let these things linger and not intervene with them, so they often don't just go away on their own. They're not these things where it's like, 
you know, just don't do anything and you should be fine. In the beginning, my first recommendation for that is it's a physical problem. You need to have a physical intervention. And most oftentimes, it's a manual type of therapy with a manual practitioner like a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, or a massage therapist. You know, it's it's interesting when you say that when it's a physical problem, don't let it lie. You get in there with a physical intervention. I think a lot of it has to do with the, with the change of, of opinion over the years you've been doing this show. The days of, oh, you know what, you've got this, bed rest. Just lie down, you'll be fine. Thank God that you've that, been preaching that, that for so long. That is, that's not the way that, to go, right? That, that, that ideology has been dead for a long time, and anybody who still preach, I still to this day have people come in and, and they say, you know, my doctor, my this, somebody told me, to just rest and not do anything. Like, if you are hearing that, it is a huge red flag. It is not what's supposed to be done anymore. Tissue is not meant to absolutely rest. When it's doing nothing, it actually would deteriorate further. There's something that we talk about, which is an active type of rest, which means you're resting it from the from what may be potentially making it worse, but you're still doing things that will help it. You can't just, I mean, the idea of like, when I still pe- see people wearing a neck brace, because they have a strained yeah. neck, not, not a fracture. Obviously, if you have a fracture, that's different. But there's still this ideology where people either get neck pain or low back pain and slap a brace on it. That is not what you're supposed to do. The only time that's necessary is if there's a fracture. And if there's a fracture, there's much bigger problems. But the average you know, sprain of the neck or the low back, you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Let's move on to a phone call before we take a break. And thank you for standing by, Annabelle. Good morning. How are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Great. I have a question for Dr. Liu. Sure, sure. Okay, way back in late August, early September, I was admitted to a hospital in Toronto with all the symptoms of COVID-19. I was in in the isolation unit for 12 days, and I was subjected to all kinds of... um, respiratory treatment, including being placed on a ventilator. After okay. after a, an extended stay at the hospital, I was discharged and said, okay, that's fine, but they never told me what I had, and I just wondered if that was a precursor to the pandemic as it was, and if it is, uh, does that render me fairly immune to the disease right now? Okay, so, I mean, number one, this disease appeared in China in the middle of December. So just based on a timeline perspective where you're talking about August and September, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, so, uh, but I can tell you there's no, there's no documented cases of this earlier than that timeline. So just based on your timeline, it doesn't okay. seem to, to, to set up there. The other thing that I'll say is the symptoms that you're describing. See, the one thing that's uh, about covid is that a lot of the symptoms are the symptoms that you would otherwise get with a really bad flu or some other type of viral or bacterial infection. So the overlap in symptomology is so great that we we just wouldn't know. So, uh, you know, again, purely basing this on timelines and knowing when the first cases happened in China, which was the epicenter where this originated, and you being in Toronto, this doesn't make sense that it would have been that. Now, again, I, I don't know everything, so I'm not, you know, here to, to really talk about that. I, so it doesn't sound like it to me. I'm, you know, 99.9% confident. It seems like you probably had 
symptomologies related uh, to other bad viral infections, things like that. Um, so, you know, that's where I would stop with that in terms of are you immune to COVID? I don't know uh, because it, it really depends on so many things. All I can tell you is that there's emerging research showing that when people do get COVID, which again, I don't think you had based on timeline, but people who do have COVID seem to have a short-term immunity and we're not sure that there's a long-term immunity. And the reason why we're not sure is the disease has only been around for six months. So we can't potentially say does somebody have immunity four years from now because we're just not in that time frame to give that answer. Um, uh, so, again, the, the second part of your question is, is sort of predicated on the first part. I think the first part is flawed in the sense that your timeline don't, don't meet up with where the virus originally originated and the timeline. So I don't think you had COVID. I think you probably just had another bad viral infection. Annabelle, got to let you go. We got to take a quick break. Appreciate your time. And uh, we'll get right back to more of your phone calls. Bring them on. You got time. It's now, what, 1142? We go right till uh, close to 12 o'clock. 416 870 6400. Pinpoint House Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pinpoint House Show, 1145 on a uh, Saturday, 416-870-6400. We take your phone calls right till the uh, the end of the show again, 416-870-6400. is the way to call through. Dan, thanks for standing by. Good morning. Yeah, hi. I was wondering if I could get your opinion on uh, something. Uh I'm in my mid-50s, lots of knee surgeries, lots of sport injuries over the years. Uh, I'm at the point right now where MRIs, x-rays are all showing uh, almost bone-on-bone both knees. So most likely uh, my future is total knee replacement. But I'm wondering what your opinion is on prolotherapy or prolozone injections. I've heard quite a few good things about it. Yeah, so I mean... A lot of the injections with the knees, like prolotherapy or PRP injections, which actually do work quite well for um, degenerative osteoarthritis of the knees in terms of controlling the symptoms, right? It doesn't really do much, much more than that. But in terms of controlling the symptoms, it works quite well if people have mild to moderate arthritis and have a lot of symptoms. Where the research doesn't really support it is when there's a lot of symptoms and a lot of breakdown, right? So when, when you're saying if you've got severe osteoarthritis and a lot of symptoms, that may be the issue. Um, and, and I mean, the only way I would know is to look at your x-ray. I'm sort of taking your word on that. It sounds like it's severe. But uh, typically when, when, the, when it's bad enough that it's bone on bone and it's severe osteoarthritis, there's a lot of symptoms. Really, the only thing that seems to work well um, is the total knee replacement in terms of buying yourself some more time, it might be worth a shot. Like, I mean, the good thing with those types of injections is there's not a lot of negative risk to it outside of the risk that would go along with injections and infection, which obviously are often controlled with by doing these in sterile environments um, or should always be controlled of. But, but there's not a lot of negative consequences. And I mean, the other thing is there's a cost to them. But outside of those things, um, it, it might be worth a shot. But it, the the research would suggest that in, in severe osteoarthritis um, cases, it may not be uh, what what you would hope for in terms of the symptomatic relief. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. 
Okay. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate the call. You want to uh, follow up again? We can do that. Uh, you can do that with Dr. Lou. Info at pinpointhealth.ca or one eight five five. Five five, Doctor Lou D R L O U. We haven't talked about that for a while. It's, it's actually it's probably been quite some time since we had uh, Doctor Bergava or Doctor Gordon on the uh, on the show talking about the PRP. Has it yeah. expanded beyond the knee? Is it has it been used in shoulders now and other joints? Yeah, yeah, it is used in other joints. Um, we don't do as much of it. In, well, two things. Number one, we haven't talked about it a lot because ever since COVID, I mean, nobody yeah. was really coming into the clinic for those things and, and those procedures. Um, but uh, second of all, we do do it. But again, I try to run the clinics in the sense of evidence-based. And again, where there's a lot of evidence for it is the needs for osteoarthritis. Now, a couple things there. The knee overall for a surgeon is a much easier place to inject something. It's actually quite simple for them to get to it. Once you start getting into shoulders and hips, um, it's actually more about using like guided imaging, like ultrasound guided imaging, um, which requires more specialized settings. And again, the research isn't great for it with other things. Um, so now the, the research is emerging and, and we are having discussions about um, starting to introduce it into different areas and get more specialized equipment and all of those things. And there are places that do do th- those things. Um, but again, uh, the, the best research right now is for knee osteoarthritis that's mild to moderate with symptoms. I, yep, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's what I was going to say. That I sort oh, of okay. To question. What, uh, what else, uh, what else uh, you want to cover here for the remaining time we got, Paul? Yeah, I mean, so I think the biggest thing is, and what I've sort of been trying to get across over the last few weeks is is now that, you know, COVID is starting to become more manageable. I won't say that it's going away because I don't think it's going away, but we're starting to manage it better. Um, and, and before, when we didn't know how to manage it, we shut down healthcare, um, yeah. which is a dangerous thing. Uh, I think now we're at the point where, you know, we can't keep putting people's health care on hold. So uh, one thing that I want to encourage the listeners, and this isn't about coming to see me, go, anybody, like just stop putting your health care on hold. If, if it, and, and obviously make the right choice. I mean, if you've got pre-existing conditions and comorbidities, you're worried. But there are other options, right? There are other options besides an in-person visit. There are virtual assessments. I'm doing still a lot of virtual assessments because it, as an initial point of contact, because if I can minimize people coming in, that's the right thing to do. But, um, yeah, I think that's the important thing is, is, is stop putting your health care. And this isn't just the onus isn't on the patients for this. I'm still hearing that a lot of doctors haven't returned to doing this stuff. And this is even maybe me calling out to, to my colleagues in that sense. I think it is time that everybody starts getting back to, uh, to things and, and starts getting back to providing health care. And patients start receiving it in terms of, uh, just managing the things that they have going on. It's a dangerous thing to, to keep these things on hold forever. We'll take a short break. Kyle, stand by, my friend. We will get to your phone call and yours as well. you still got a few minutes. You want to slide it in now, though, if you want to make that call, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.54 on the Pinpoint Health Show. You'll want to reach out afterwards, info at pinpointhealth.ca and catch the long-form podcast. Awesome stuff there. The Lou Down is what it is called. Moving on to Kyle. Kyle, thanks for uh, for, uh, hanging on there through the break. How are you? Uh, Not so bad, John. Yourself? 
Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind, pal? Well, uh, literally on my mind, I got some um, potassium hydroxide on my face back in May, and I've okay. since followed up with an ER doctor and an optometrist, but I, I'm experiencing complications such as visual distortions in the form of floaters and a little bit of eyelash growing into the eyeball. Now, uh, they kind of, the doc, I've seen the optometrist and the ER doctor, like I said, but they kind of minimize the situation. Like if it's not bleeding or swollen or they don't want to do anything for me. But from what I've read, this is a true ocular emergency. <laughs> I don't know who to talk to. Um, I mean, my, my knowledge on the eyeball is is very limited. It's definitely not my scope of practice. Um, I, I would think if you feel like it's an emergency, I, I think you need to go back and see uh, a different doctor, right, and, and maybe get a referral um, to either try another optometrist or an ophthalmologist, which you would need a referral to. But that would be my line of thinking. I'm not I'm not sure, right, in terms of, of if, if this is a an emergency or not. I, I don't really deal with that in any time. Um, if I did ever have someone with something like that, I, I would definitely send them um, to an emergency. I, I mean, for me, eyeballs are no joke, right? Because it's your vision. So, um, I mean, when did this happen? This happened back in May. And I, I guess that's my question. Can I get a referral from you if I came in to see you and you, okay, yeah, there's something going on there. No, would you? No, not, not for this. It's not my scope of practice. So I'm not the best person um, for that, I, I would go again. You could try like a a walk-in clinic, uh, another emergency room. It doesn't sound like it's an emergency right now, but again, uh, my my scope of knowledge doesn't include this, and and I'm not an expert in the eye. So I think you'd be better served somewhere else. Um, I think a general type of practitioner, like a walk-in doctor um, or another optometrist. I mean, that's their specialty. Um, could could potentially help. I would just try getting a second opinion. Okay, that's what I'll do. Thank you, Dr. Nally. No problem. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Okay, man, last few minutes. Take us home. What's, uh, what do you got coming up that we can expect? I know there's always some good stuff happening with the podcast for sure. Yeah, so the podcast has, has been an awesome experience. It's more me just having general discussions with um, other people about all different types of things, uh, not just healthcare related. So, I mean, if anybody likes listening to me and they like my sort of train of thought, which it, I actually got that idea from the amount of patients that – um, have sort of seen me and listened to the radio and say, like, you know, I really appreciate the way you see things and the way um, uh, you talk and things like that. So I figured I'd, I'd try expanding it um, into different areas. So, I mean, just for anybody looking for some type of, of entertainment, it's something to check out. It's totally free. It's on, on YouTube and wherever you get um, podcasts, the Lou Down. Um, so you can try and join that. But outside of that, I mean, if anybody is, in it, is interested um, in getting an assessment from me uh, for the things that are within my scope of practice, like um, pain and injury, I'm happy to do that. All you have to do is call one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U, or you can send an email um, to info at pinpointhealth.ca. Um, and you know, if it's not something that I can assess, the call that we just had with Kyle is a great example mm -hmm. where I will still try giving you. Um, the best advice in terms of what I think you should be doing if, if it's not me and my team that can help. And that's exactly an example of the things that we can help with. Uh, but obviously, I still want to make sure Kyle gets to where he has to go. So, again, I would provide my sort of thought on what would be the best next step. Um, and it doesn't cost anything, right? These things, it's just a, a, an email or a phone call. If you want to have a discussion, it's totally free. Uh, it's really just to try to provide a service and see if I can help point you in the right direction. If it is something that I'm going to assess, 
Um, there's a fee to that. I think it's a very nominal uh, fee for yeah. the, the service that's provided, but uh, you get the right type of care and there's no, it's a, it's a one-time fee. There's no, there's no hidden things or anything like that. But again, that's totally up to the individuals if that's something they want to check out, but, uh, or go to pinpointhealth.ca and just find out more about the clinics. All right, my brother, we are done for another Saturday. Go enjoy the rest of your weekend with family. And, yeah, for you to reach out, one eight five 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 doctor Lou Info at pinpointhealth.ca and catch the podcast of Lou down as well. We'll catch you next weekend here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 911. 911. your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.